Hello and welcome to Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. This week, we discuss episodes 37 through 39, finishing out part 4, Diamond is Unbreakable. Can you guess what that sound is? Uh, a hot sauce packet. Oh, guess again. Um, a Mech Warrior Three manual. No, you're getting close though. What if I? What if I did one of those for you? Uh, instructions for the Master Grade Zagok? It's a stack of old EGMs, you piece of shit. Oh. You dumb motherfucker. Look, I was... Uh, I mm. pulled these all out tonight and have been looking through them. The oldest one I have here is the first screens from Pokemon uh, Gold and Silver. Sure. And just flipping through this thing is wild, because, like, the first article in here is like, man, the, UK, the USA branch of SNK is dead. Isn't that crazy, everyone? <laughs> Wait, why Why is that an article about Pokemon? No, that's, that's the cover story is oh. uh, Pokemon Silver. Oh, okay. Uh, they have an interview with Seaman in here. You remember Seaman? Yeah, I, oh, I actually remember this issue. Yeah. Metal Gear Solid 2 trailer hits DVD. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Why not? Uh, but I got to, I got up to uh, Shu and Chan, and then I started, I, this is the hole I got down, was I wonder what Norm Scott is up to now. Yeah. Right. His webpage is depressing. <laughs> oh, what happened? It's, uh, so his archive of his comics, as far as I can tell, was gone. Uh, violence man and everything else I was not able to find uh, to be fair I've not looked very deep if Norm has like rehosted it somewhere else I'm just not aware mm-hmm. uh, but it, it's like a portfolio page for like flash animation basically and the way that the page is set up is just the most sterile and sad thing that I've seen in my life man yeah cause I, I and, remember look, Sue and Chan he did something for like slave labor graphics, right? Yeah, I I think so. And then I remember his old website was aplaw.com, which is now a totally different thing. Oh, I think it's like I think it's a like indie game developer or something like that now. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know, but there's a a Patreon, Patreon, Patron. Patreon. Patreon page uh, for Norman Von Scott uh, that has a picture of Shu and Chan as like homeless people <laughs> on there going, like, hey, you know, we've been missing for a while. Sure, it would be great if you give us money. 
and he is twenty dollars shy of his monthly goal of four hundred bucks a month. And man, I really like Norman Von Scott. His art is really good. I grew up with Shu and Chan. He is part of the reason that I draw. Um, I'm not endorsing this or anything, but just like I don't know, maybe go check out what he's been up to. Yeah, I mean, it might make you feel bad. I don't know. <laughs> It made me feel fucking awful. I mean, does he have any examples of new art or anything? Like, is he still good, or did he lose it at Oh, some no, point? no. They, well, like, at least the art that's actually up here looks really good. The, the animation stuff that I saw, uh, I only clicked on, like, one video. And it also kind of seems out of date, but uh, it also looked, like, pretty good. Are there any Charmanders holding lighters with their tail? Oh no, but there was there there is uh so on his section for spectacular comics that he's adver advertising on his uh Patreon page, they do have that Charmander like flipping a coin. Oh, okay. Uh cut out from one of the comics, so Well, we wish the best for Norm Scott, as we do all comic authors who appeared in game magazines. Uh speaking of which, wonder what Adam Warren's up to. Uh, I haven't seen anything question. from him in a while. Well, I mean, I mm -hmm. guess Empowered is still going. Alright, Adam Warren, Suicide Watch 2018 is a go. There's still I... two weeks left in the month. You know, Somebody gonna, check in. I'm going to say Adam Warren probably doing better than Norm Scott. Because, you know, he... yeah. Empowered is still in print, uh, even though I think it is absolute garbage. I just wanted to go back to drawing weird, like, one-panel comics about Raiden from Metal Gear Solid 2. Sure. Yeah, and I don't know, I did, like, a very cursory glance at what Norman Von Scott is up to, so if anyone out there has been following him more than I have, please scream at me in an email about how he is still employed and he's doing very well for himself. That's right, email us. Norm, if you are listening to this... Uh, Norm Scott, not Norm MacDonald, although I also would appreciate an email from Norm MacDonald, if he knows how email works, to Larry at DestroyAllChildren.com, and uh, let us know how you're doing out there. Again, yeah. we, we wish you the best. I'm deeply sorry if I've misrepresented your current situation. I love your artwork. Shu and Chan was great. Yeah, you know what else is great? JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Alright, we gotta do one of these things. Look, we're almost done. This oh, is it, for four. Boy. That's why you wanted me to get online. Yeah. Why you were saying you were hitting record. Uh-huh. Oh, it's all coming together now. Mm. Painting a picture. Alright, uh, start the timer. Let's see how long it takes before I just stop talking about JoJo's and begin talking about, I don't know, head. Should maybe specify what you mean by that. Nope. Alright. I'm just going to tantalize the listeners with that one. We'll come back to it later, I'm sure. Alright. Uh, well, also should mention, because apparently I forgot to do this a couple weeks ago, I'm Larry Davis, you're George Brundle, here we go. Let's go. Get on. Oh, I could be Larry this week, you could be George. No, that is not an option. I refuse. You know, same. Kira's yeah. super psyched. Sure. About beating his dumbass son, this poor little child who he's been torturing for weeks and who he's now trapped in a time loop. Uh-huh. As you do. And and in true 
Kira fashion is just standing in the middle of the street with his arms stretched out going, My name is Kira and I love murdering women. Yep. Gotta let everybody know. Oops, did I say my name again? It's an actual fucking thing that he says too. Yep. Whoopsie doodle. Yeah. Whoopsie doodle dumpski. So then Hayato is just like, oh, well, no, actually, this is part of my plan. You see, you thought that I was answering call again this morning. What I'm really doing was calling up uh, Josuke. And, like, I-, I can't remember exactly what he explains to Josuke, because he can't explain that, you know, Kira's my father, otherwise uh, bites the dust doing its thing. Uh-huh. But, like, he, he had called him ahead of time, and so Josuke shows up and is within earshot of Kira yelling his name, and then Josuke's like, hey, wait a minute. He's putting this together. Yeah, He's a very hold smart on. boy. Whoa. Let's take a couple steps back. Did you say Kira? Hmm, that sounds familiar. Okiyasu, who's that guy we're supposed to be looking for again? Dio? Uh... David Bowie? Cuts to the inside of Okiyasi's head and it's just a, like the old cartoon cow playing a ukulele. <laughs> ah, so Kira yelling his name in the street and the fact that he loves to kill and that he's a murderer finally blew up in his face. Uh-huh. For the first time ever. Yeah, never happened before. I mean, I also... At this point, he has, what, like, ten seconds left before everybody should just explode? Yeah, and he makes the wise decision of withdrawing Bites the Dust so he'll be able to have Killer Queen to protect himself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so the time loop is broken, Rohan doesn't get blowed up, uh, and neither does everybody else. Nope. So, you know. I mean, yeah, all he had to do was, like, get punched a couple more times for a few seconds and everybody would have exploded anyway. But he's like, nope. Yeah. Uh, get it... Kill Queen back in here. He even explains to Haito, I can't remember if this was, like, at the end of the last episode or if it's in this one, but he's just like, oh, you're really freaking out. It must be that more people than just Rohan died. Uh-huh. So he already like has some kind of an idea that everyone else may very well, you know, bite it here. What you mean, bite the dust? Well, you know, maybe. So during all this, like it, it, the fight kind of breaks out, and like Kira ends up getting a hold of Stray Cat. Yep. And then puts Stray Cat Stray. So, Stray Cat's kind of like Krang? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's just chilling out in Killer Queen's stomach. And here's the thing that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, Stray I'm, I'm Cat glad is... You... Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you're going to bring this up so I don't have to. Stray Cat is just a cat plant, right? And yep. he's in the stomach of a ghost cat. Yep. No one can see the ghost cats. Do they just see a flying cat plant in a pot? I mean, I assume so. Because, yeah, that, that's something that always bothered me, too. Like, people could see Stray Cat. 
Yeah, but then there's like bits where Killer Queen is just not there and we as the audience don't see Stray Cat. So does Stray Cat disappear when Killer Queen disappears? Maybe uh when a Killer Queen like has his stomach thing closed, it sort of acts like a cloaking thing. I don't know. But then that would almost be its own so then that begs the question, okay, if a stand, like, wrapped itself around something, would that then cloak somebody? Is it like the stand is sort of like a one-way mirror kind of thing? I don't know. Or is that unique to Killer Queen? It doesn't make any sense! Nope, it doesn't. This At is all. why I love JoJo! <laughs> sure. You know what? I think we need to take a lesson from our good friend Speedwagon. Yep, what do you have to say? Oh no, not much. Mm. That's right. He was a strong, silent type, that speed wagon. Yeah. God rest us. Practicer of uh, stoicism. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he mostly just mouthed things and used gestures to communicate. Mm hmm. The original mime, Ario Speedwagon. Marcel Marceau learned everything he knew from Speedwagon. Uh, so, he uses, uh, like, some of the air bullets from Stray Cat on Okuyasu and just, like, completely carved out a huge chunk of this guy's chest. Uh-huh. Just blows a this hole is... in it. You're skipping ahead, like, a lot here. Well, you know, gotta keep this thing moving. <laughs> well, no, so they corner... First time ever, I care about it. Basically, they corner Kira, and uh, mm. he's about to touch Josuke, and then that's when Okuyasu uses the hand to, like, teleport him to the side, and then he hits Okuyasu instead. Yeah, it's, uh... You kind of brought it up with, like, Polon Ref and then that sort of being repeated here with Okuyasu that his stand power is just too good. Yep. So, like, as soon as this happened, I was like, okay, well, of course, they had to, like, take him out of it very, very quickly. Uh-huh. And you find out why later. When yeah, it, it, it turns, turns out, out that was a good idea. Yep. Okuyasu instrumental in the, like, final part of this fight. Like, that's actually something, not to get too far ahead, but what I like about this sort of wrapping up is everyone is able to do a thing that contributes to Kira being defeated. Uh-huh. With the biggest hero, most of all... Is the ambulance. The first responders. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just like in real life. Yep. They're the real heroes. Yeah. If you meet a first responder, thank them. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, Josuke's like trying to get over to Okuyasu. By the way, blowing a hole in his chest reminds me of a scene from a little movie called Head. Oh, what about it? Yeah, uh, specifically that bit where they're in the trenches and like one of them's like, I don't want to wear my helmet. It's itchy. Then one of the other ones is like, well, you could get shot in the head. And he's like, why would you say that? Why would you say I could get shot in the head? Why wouldn't you be like, I don't know, straight bullet catches you in the shoulder. A sniper shoots you and you start bleeding out from the gut. A plane flies by, drops a bomb, blows half your chest off. By the way, we should mention, uh, anybody who has not seen Head, this is a movie starring the monkeys. 
Really popular yes. band from the 60s. Everything you just heard described is from a movie starring the monkeys. That's right. Uh, Frank Zappa is in that movie with his pet cow and says that yep. Davy Jones, the kids rely on him and his music. Yep. And then the cow talks and says, monkeys are the craziest people. <laughs> That's right. Uh, to kind of explain what Head is a little bit more than just, it's a movie starring the monkeys. It's a movie that was designed to kill the monkeys, like completely destroy that leg of their careers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because by this point, everyone was sick of the monkeys, including the monkeys and everybody associated with monkeys. So Jack Nicholson wrote a script designed to rid the world of the monkeys. It is a sort of a sketch comedy movie. All this is true is the best part. Yep, it it is. Like, Jack Nicholson appears in it, too. Yeah, you get to the end of the movie and it's just, like, written by Jack Nicholson. Yeah. All right, great. Uh... But yeah, it's kind of like a, a weird sketch comedy movie with like a few concert bits almost thrown in. Like in the in the first part of the movie, they break up these different comedy segments with songs of theirs. And then like halfway through the movie, they sort of just stop that. Mm-hmm. And then like the second half of the movie becomes more self-aware where they start sort of like understanding, oh, we're on a movie set and we kind of keep going between these different bits. And then it becomes this weird thing of, well, we're aware that this is happening, but we need to also figure out how to stop it. Because they keep getting put back in this big black box. This is, it's basically, uh, like a filmed version of lucid dreaming. Like, where they become aware of it and then try to control it, yeah. It's like Waking Life, but not rotoscoped and starring the monkeys. (laughs) And way more funny. I don't think Waking Life is supposed to be funny. J.P. Jones just flies off into the sky Hmm. at the end of the movie. You know, it's funny because he's dead. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's hilarious. Almost as funny as a scanner darkly. Yeah. Oh, God, I can't remember which one it was. It was a guy's name, Peter, I think. There's, There's like a whole bit where he's just staring at an ice cream cone melting, and then it cuts to this weird, like, uh, raging bull thing where, like, one of them is taking a fall on purpose. And then, like, they're... Oh, God, it's such a fucking weird movie. I'm the trying to even think of how to explain this bit, part. and it's impossible. Like, he, he's someone tells him that he's the dummy, and then he runs down to the boxing match and punches out one of the other boxers, saying, like, no, you're the dummy, and punching a bunch of other people and saying, you're the dummy, you're the dummy. And then it cuts to him in a diner eating a melted ice cream cone, Saying, I'm the no, he's dummy. not even eating it. He's uh, just yeah, he's just staring, staring at, at it, it. Uh, and he's saying like, "I'm I'm the dummy. It was me. I was the dummy all along." And then a waitress comes over and he punches her out. And then, like, you explain the, movie, the rest of this. Like, yeah, so she comes over. She's just like, "Oh, they're just being mean to you. They're always being mean to you. They're they're a bunch of jerks." And he just stands up, cold clocks her. And then, like, the director yells cut, and everyone kind of comes in, and he's just like, I don't know about that, man. I don't know, punching a woman? It's a kid's movie, man. The kids aren't going to dig it. Yep. And then the waitress, like, takes her wig off, and it was a guy <laughs> dressed as waitress. The Jack Nicholson comes in, and they all usher everybody off the set, and then the camera just moves to the side, like, through the set walls and everything. Oh, head's good. 
Head is really good. I love head. I love weird head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put it on the box. You're gonna be able to just tag this episode head. It's gonna be a good time. <laughs> oh god. The... I'm going through that whole box set of, of those movies. It's uh, BBS, right? That was the... Yep, BBS America Lost and Found, which... As I mentioned, I got you because I was worried it's going to go out of print because they have been taking movies out of it and releasing them separately. They've done that for uh, five, easy pe- five Easy Pieces and Easy Rider so far. And I feel like and they'll probably do it for Last Picture Show too. Yeah, so out of that set so far I have watched Head, Easy Rider, and uh, The King of Marvin Gardens. Mm-hmm. And I actually think I prefer them in that same order. Like Head is is easily my favorite of that set. Uh, King of Marvin Gardens is kind of weird. It's ambitious in a lot of ways, but also the execution seems really flawed. I... Like it doesn't quite hit everything that I think it was trying to go for. For me, that movie is all about the performances in it. And... Yeah, like that's far and away. Dern and Nicholson just. Acting and doing what they do is fascinating in that movie, but the actual plot and everything in it, I just kind of did not care about. Yeah, okay, I can get that. Movie mostly sort of goes nowhere. Mm. Oh no, the end of it's kind of something. Yeah, sure, the end of that thing is pretty arresting, Uh, but so is the end of Easy Rider. Well, sure. They just do a drive-by on Dennis Hopper and Peter Fonda. Led to one of the best parts of uh, Venture Brothers. <laughs> yeah, so that that is one of those movies where I think I always sort of knew everything there was to know about Easy Rider just from seeing it parodied in like cartoons and shit. Sure. Uh, except for Jack Nicholson getting beaten to death in a sleeping bag. That was new to me. <laughs> Well, you know, it's hard to mine that for comedy. It's not like two guys getting exploded. Speaking of people getting exploded, Kira. Oh, yeah. He's trying to explode Joe's K by using uh, Stray Cat's air bullets, which are now incredibly slow-moving bombs. Yep. The slowest damn bombs that you have ever seen in your entire life. It's a good plan, though. It is, yeah. Like he's, his he's... whole weakness is that he has to get close to something, so he's like, "Oh, I have an idea. I'll use this weird cat plant." Yeah, yeah but Josuke kind of figures out after getting like a ton of shrapnel blown into him by like trying to block the bombs uh, by pulling up, you know, cement and stuff to form barriers. It doesn't quite work out for him. Mm, uh, but he mind. he. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't die, but he also just gets, like, pumped full of concrete and, like, metal pipes and stuff. Oh, yeah, Like, he's fucked. Yeah. So he then sort of figures out, like, okay, well, if I just rush right in front of this bomb when it is in range of Kira, he's not going to blow it up. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so he gets like some, I, he gets some good hits in, and then is able to sort of like tend to Okuyasu, but then Haito's like, "Hey, whoa, hold on, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty sure that he touched Okuyasu and turned him into a bomb, while you were distracted with all this other shit going on." Yep. 
That's when Hayato tells him he figures he can only control one bomb at once, which is why he is not shooting a bunch of others at him while they're standing here wondering if they should touch Okuyasu. <laughs> but it's okay because Hayato does it. Yeah, Hayato's like, I'm just going to go for it because uh, whatever. I'm tired and want to die. Well, he knows Josuke can heal him and he just has faith that he'll be able to heal him yeah, after being but, exploded. But so... Here's the thing, though, with that, is Josuke very clearly explained that he cannot fix something that is dead. Yeah? You don't get more dead than what Hayato got in that moment. He, like, evaporated. Yeah. Yeah, look, he, again, sometimes he the could logic. Not heal, yeah, but, like, he could not heal his grandpa who died in his arms, and he tried to do that the moment after that dude died. Yeah. But he can reassemble a small boy out of thin air. From the way they describe it, they say it's because it's at the very instant that he exploded, but even so... Uh, no. Come on. Know. Yeah. Well, uh, because this all sort of worked out the way it did, it... it Diffused Okuyasu, so to speak, so Josuke is able to he heal him up. Um, but as this happens, Kira launches another bomb, but it, it moves at a speed that makes it like invisible to the naked eye until it gets close. Uh-huh. Well, uh, so Haito's like, we gotta we gotta bounce before this thing gets to us because we're not gonna have time to react. You need to drop Okuyasu because like he is pretty dead. Yeah. And also at this point. The show kind of cheats a little bit by showing yeah. the spirit leaving Okuyasu, which until now has been an actual signifier that, oh yeah, they're definitely dead for real. This time, yeah. mm, not so much. Even even with Joseph, the, the reason he came back to life is because, like, a fairly extraordinary circumstance of getting an infusion of Dio's blood. But, yeah. like, he totally died. Yeah. But yeah, so Okuyasu's seemingly dead. Hayato's like trying to reason with Josuke, just going like, look, drop him. We need to get out of here or we're going to die too. Um, yeah, but yeah, they're, they're able says, to kind of get away with anyway. Hayato says to Okuyasu, Omae wa mo shinderu. You're already dead. That's why he says to him. Yeah. And, th and then he jabs his thumbs into his temples and makes his head explode. Oh no. It was a weird direction to take, but Hayato becoming a master of Hokuto Shinken is uh, interesting. <laughs> well, way to spoil the way that Kira dies. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he stabs his fingers into his chest to make yeah. the symbol of the Big Dipper. I, Hayato appears out of a bale of hay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stone-faced. Cold heart. Uh, God, so... Uh, hey, you know, actually... I need to write that down for anime roulette. It might be a good one. I don't really know a whole hell of a lot about Fist of the North Star. Yeah, that's kind of, of the like, problem yes. is I do. Mm. So, I I can't quite remember how they actually get away, but they manage to, like, back off and retreat into, like, an empty house. And then uh, Kira is just like, oh, you know, I was, like, really freaked out about Jotaro finding me, but like, nah, this Josuke kid is the bigger threat. Like, I need to finish this guy off. I can't let him get away. Mm -hmm. And the episode kind of 
ends there. Okay. Uh, let's see. Manga anime differences. Oh, good. We're back to not having many of them. Uh, added a flashback to Hayato calling Josuke in the house before leaving. Removed Kira's detailed mathematical calculations to predict where the air bombs would travel. So I guess in the manga they had like straight up a beautiful mind style floating yeah. calculations or something. I Closer to the bit from The Hangover though because Kira's a dum-dum. Uh... Okay, I mean, that bit in The Hangover is specifically made... Yes, no, I, I know, but right. I'm saying Kira is as dumb as Zach Galifianakis' character in The Hangover. Kira's an idiot. Alright. I um... Kira's just free-range stupid. Yeah. Just also... a farm-fresh dumbass. Also, the credits here get their final revision... Where now, like, every dang character from the season is in it. Like, you got, uh, uh, alien dude Mizutaki, you got Highway Star and his Boncho babes, you got some random co worker of Kira, I think. I don't know why he's in there. And they Chew even and have... Chan are. What? Chew and Chan are there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Violence Man is in the background, uh, <laughs> I think right before they get to the lighthouse. Yep. But yeah, like Hayato's mom, uh, 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 well, of course, Junkin' Boy is there, everybody's favorite. <sighs> yeah, great, Junkin' Boy. Yeah. There are times where I ask, why did Sugechi have to die and not Junkin' Boy? Like, if I could go back and do it all again, if I could make that call. I mean, you know, the end here of the series shows what happened to, like, every character... No mention of Junkin' Boy. Nope. Do you, do you wonder if Araki just, like, forgot about him? I don't know if he forgot about him or just did not care. Really, it doesn't matter to me which way, because I'm just glad we don't have to look at him anymore. Just looked back at his old work, saw a picture of Junkin' Boy, pulled his glasses off his face and went, Yeah, 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 what was I thinking? <laughs> That's the sound he makes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. I rocky impression. Sure. Why not? Ah, just Kane, Ayato were in a house. You didn't mention this episode opens with Pepsi. Just, <laughs> just get a shot of the Pepsi sign. No I reason. Forgot about... I forgot about that actually. <laughs> I mean, the Pepsi sign is not even relevant anymore, but just nope. straight up, turn this episode on, get a face full of Pepsi. So, Josuke and Hayato are in the Pepsi house. Uh, uh -huh. It is empty, except for a lot of uh, cool, refreshing bottles of Pepsi. Mm -hmm. mm. So, yeah, I can't actually remember how Kira figures out where they're at, but, like, there's this bit where he's on the phone uh, with his work and, like, apologizing profusely, and he's like, I'm going to be 15 minutes late. He says that he has to... Thing, uh, he said that at the start of a 22-minute long episode. He says he has to discipline his stubborn son or something like that. Yeah, and uh, 
as he's like looking for the house that they went into, he like bumps into this guy who's just like, hey, you know, someone has been like coming around this neighborhood stealing so-and-so's panties. I bet that's you. Like, you need to fucking beat it, dude. Like, sort of, this this guy has nothing better to do with his afternoon than to be the neighborhood watch. Well, he's also a creep. Also, he has a giant neck. Also, yes. Uh, so, Kira just kind of, like, blows this guy off. Uh, but then, like, he notices a pair of panties hooked on this twig, and he's like, oh, it is. I, I can't remember the woman's name. He's like, oh, it is her panties. He really was the panty thief. And then he starts, like, drooling over the panties and then, like, looks around and reaches out to grab them and gets blown the hell up. But he is fucking psyched about it because he he thinks what it's like panties. He says, lucky, as he's exploding. (laughs) His spirit is being called to heaven. Yeah. The only reason why I bothered bringing it up is that dude's death is maybe the best one in this entire part. <laughs> just exploded by panties and he's excited <laughs> about it. This is just Oolong fucking manifested in part four as a morbidly obese man. Sure. Man. Imagine how good JoJo would be if Oolong was in it. It'd be the best! Yeah. It would just be that dude in every it's way better than Jonkin Boy. Oh well everything is better than Jonkin Boy. You cannot yeah. name a Dragon Ball character that is worse than Jonkin Boy. Goku's penis. No, it's not worse. Also mm. not a character. I mean, unless you count like the way well you know, New York is like a character in this movie. Yeah, it's one of those more like yeah, you know, anything can be a character. It just sort of depends on how you write it. Okay. What you well, frame everything, what your themes are. Okay. You see that Pepsi sign? That's a character. You see that Pepsi sign? You can get there. <laughs> see that Pepsi sign? You can climb it. <laughs> Thanks, Todd Howard. <laughs> Thanks, this, Todd Howard. This Fuck is Fall- you, Todd Howard. This is Fallout 99. That's what <sighs> Diamond is Unbreakable is. You just wander around in Morio, and there's actually kind of nothing to do. And also, it crashes constantly. Yeah. Download this 40 gigabyte so, patch, please. Kira has now figured out where Josuke and Hayato are, and he has sent a bubble in to kill them. Mm-hmm. Uh, air bubble bomb in it uh but he can't like actually so josuke and haito can't figure out how kira knows where they're at and so josuke has this uh this real good bit that he's doing this routine where he's like walking backwards around the house with his bubble slowly following Mm -hmm. and he tries like lighting a cigarette and dumping it on the floor because he thinks it's maybe like a sheer heart attack was where it's just seeking out heat yeah, a stand that I'm pretty sure he... Well, I guess Koichi could have explained it to him afterwards. I was going to say, like, I don't think he actually had to deal with that back when that was going. Uh... Yeah, I guess so. 
Because, like, Kira tries to launch it and then gets his hand cut off. Yeah. Nah, I might be misremembering the, the details of that. Uh, but, yeah, he, he's trying to, like, get away from it, and then, um... God, I don't quite... He, he like, breaks a, a, a vase, right? Yeah. A vase? Okay, yeah, right. And then he, like, he turns the shards into, like, little heart-shaped shards mm -hmm. with, like, blood trapped inside it. And here's the bit that, that doesn't quite make sense to me is he says, like, okay, well, I can't heal my own wounds, but when the blood leaves my body and it dries, it becomes, like, any other object, and I can manipulate that. Sure. Doesn't, doesn't quite make sense to me because the whole point of his ability, I thought, was to repair or change things. So I'm not sure how it's just like, oh, well, now I have telekinetic control over my blood. Well, the thing is, he has bits of his own blood on uh, Kira, and so it's basically just attracting the two bloods together. Okay, that's what I was missing then. Yeah, because he, he says like it's... he still has a bit on Kira's shoulder, and Kira even mentions it, and why at that point he doesn't take his jacket off, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's Kira. Uh, but yeah, so he, he basically sends these out as, like, little homing missiles, like, one of them embeds into Kira's uh, shoulder, and that yeah. distracts him long enough that Josuke is able to basically try to set fire to Hayato. Mm-hmm. Well, Look, he's lost a lot of blood. He doesn't know what he's doing. Well, for one thing, uh, Josuke shoots out the shard, and it kind of just goes past Kira, and he's like, oh ho ho and he detonates the bomb, and it does mess up Josuke pretty good. Uh, like, he gets wood shards and stuff stuck in his leg and whatever. Uh, yeah, he, he gets even more fucked up than he was, and he was already pretty fucked up. Yeah. But then, um, yeah, he, he uses uh, Crazy Diamond's power to make the shard come back around and go straight through Kira's back. And he's like, oh, oh, oh no. I thought that he, I thought that he does that twice. He does. Or... Like after oh. that, he just does it again, and Kira's like, "What?" Yeah, okay. Which right. is why I said uh, it's weird he didn't take his jacket off because he realized what had happened. Yeah, uh, but he he is uh, Josuke is setting fire high to his jacket because at some point he figured out that the picture of old man Kira is in Hayato's coat pocket. Mm-hmm. Well, he saw that Kira had a cell phone with him, and he was like, well, yeah. who else would he be calling? Obviously, he's calling the tiny man in the photograph. Yeah, clearly. Well, it, the, the weird thing is that he would know it's in Hayato's pocket, yeah. but yes, he does notice that Kira has the phone and everything. Which, I like that Pappy Kira just has this little cell phone inside his picture. Uh-huh. And then uh, he starts, like, flying around the room because Josuke has, like, taken the cell phone because he... Pappy Kira drops it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he tries to mimic his voice. He just does an old man voice. and uh, Not even really good one either. He's just like, no. jo Josuke's moving up the steps. Do an old man voice. Like, what would your impression be? Like, a, oh, like an actual one? It'd be like, yeah. um... Josuke's moving up the steps. Just sounds like you're whining. <laughs> no, I, don't know. I, I, I can't actually do one. All right. Let's... 
Those keep moving up the steps. I'm old and my pills keep going missing. Oh, you mean you wanted like a stereotypical like prospector I think voice? Consuela is stealing my gold. <laughs> I mean, you do hear old people a lot more often than I do, so I'm going to defer to I you am, on this one. I am from myalgia. My kids don't visit me anymore. I've got cirrhosis of the liver. My cataracts hurt. <laughs> I've got bone spurs. I'm just waiting to die. I mean, you say I just sound like I was whining, but that kind of <laughs> is what old people sound like, so. I mean, look, you're not wrong. I do interact with... The, look, yeah, you're not wrong. It's mostly just whining and saying that they're waiting to die. Mm-hmm. Well, that and how the blacks are ruining everything. <laughs> well. Look, they say it, not me. I'm not saying I agree with it. That's just what the old people are talking about. I love my grandma to death, but she is uh, unusually scared of Obama. <laughs> Still? <laughs> Yeah. Why? Yeah, I don't know. Now my grandpa's like hopped on the fucking caravan thing. I don't know. Old people. <laughs> Great. Great. Look, I don't. Humans weren't meant to live past like fifty. The brain gets real fucking stupid at that point. Yeah. I'd mm. still love my gam gam. <laughs> <laughs> you know. My grandma. Gotta... Uh, the last election that she voted in. Was uh, the 2008 one and she voted for Obama So You know Not all yeah, old people sure. I'm pretty sure not a damn member of my family did that Besides like me and Maybe my sister mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure Yeah I mean look I'm, I'm not gonna say Obama was great But Look no, look, he, look at the alternative didn't have, He didn't have binders full of women No Definitely not. Yeah. Who let uh, the dogs out? Who? Who? I don't know. I think the only way to get an answer to that is if I Pokemon go to the polls. Oh, that is not an option. <laughs> what if I Pokemon let's go Pikachu to the polls? Slightly better, but uh, I still wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> Boy, I, I'm playing that and... Uh, I don't know. Uh, Are you really? Reggie, yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, I'm... They're... <sighs> that game, the way that they have changed progression so that most of the experience you get is for actually catching the Pokemon yeah. and the way that the mechanic work in that game really fucking sucks. Yes, it but does. Then, but then Garrett... Gary shows up and he's got the Gary music and he says smell you later and then I'm like eh, this game's pretty good though look I like that I am rewarded for just catching like 8 or 10 Weedles and then I send them off to Professor Oak to do whatever bizarre experiments he's doing on all these Pokemon and then he sends me candy in return oh you sent me 130 Weedles so far. That's Please fantastic. Stop. stop sending me Weedles. <laughs> it's no longer vital to my research. 
I will give you a ton of candy if you just stop. Professor Oak only wants Mr. Mimes because their kidneys are compatible with humans. Jinxes also work. Just not as well, but look. <laughs> oh no. Professor Oak is into eugenics now. I'm still just wondering what was in the third Pokeball that he had at the start of the game. Yeah, it's weird. Um, that uh, makes me wonder if it's like, oh, a third version of the game is going to come out, and then it's whatever would have been in the third Pokeball. I don't know. Here's the weird thing about me. <clears throat> weird thing about it to me. Why would you buy a remake of Pokemon Yellow and not get the Pikachu version? I have no idea. Because like that's what was going through my mind when I bought it was... Well, if this is a Pokemon Yellow remake and that's specifically what I'm going in for, then why would I... Oh, wait, I... you bought it? Yeah. I... Oh, I didn't know that. Well, it was a Christmas gift kind of thing, like, check in the mail, and I was like, ah, fuck it. Buy yeah. this game. Like, well, my I... money. Probably better than Smash, at least. Well, that also was a Christmas gift kind I of thing. I know, but I'm saying, at least this is probably better yeah. than Smash. Well, also, my version of Smash doesn't fucking work so yeah uh i mean how well look how could nintendo have possibly anticipated that people would have 4k displays yeah i don't know there's no way that's crazy Uh, but yeah the the there there's a lot of bits of that game where it's just specifically that is playing on my nostalgia that is keeping me going like at the very start of that when the camera angle changes on route one and you can see clear into the next city and there's like a bunch of pokemon running around and it's like that's awesome like Uh that's getting to experience this world that i'm very nostalgic for in a way that feels a lot more real and it's the mechanical changes that they've made when you actually get out there and have to start doing shit that just sucks. here's a question I I posed this question online and couldn't really get a definitive answer. Uh, What determines, like, do you, where are you supposed to hit them with the circle where it says, like, nice or excellent? Because it seems completely random to me. Dead center in the circle. Or like, like it has to just be within the circle, but by the time it gets to... I mean, like, the circle that's, like, contracting. Like, I would think you need to hit it when it's at its smallest. But I've done that and haven't... Sometimes it's, like, nice. Sometimes, no. Sometimes I just throw the ball immediately, and it's, like, excellent. That's weird to me, because for me it's been very consistent. Of, like, great, nice, excellent, the smaller it gets. The thing that's inconsistent for me is it seems like that doesn't actually have any bearing on your odds for catching that Pokemon. It just seems to be giving you like a multiplier on the experience you get afterwards, and that's it. Oh, which weird. Seems like the opposite of the way that that should be. Yeah. Because I've had a pl- like plenty of times where I just straight up like whiffed and like barely tapped them at the edge of the white circle, and I've caught them in one go. And it was like a starting as like an orange kind of indicator. Like the mm. indicator still shows you how easy it would be to. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Also, only motion the... controls for that shit when they're jumping like left and right. I can never get the ball to curve to the left or the right. I have to wait until they're dead center. I don't know why Nintendo still insists on gyro controls. Me either. I've actually found it easier to to aim with the Pokeball if I'm doing it undocked. 
and like using the gyro that way because just moving the screen to line up the shot at least i have some kind of indicator there of where the ball is going to go yeah but i've only just, been playing I, it in I, handheld mode it's probably well then like the reason i've not been doing that is the frame rate is trash in that mode it's not great like, especially on on menus for whatever reason is like super hitchy mm. yeah i mean to me it kind of doesn't matter for that game but yeah I, it's been bothering me a lot the, the frame rate when it's undocked so i've just been playing it docked for the most part but like I've I've only played it in one sitting undocked, and it was because I was trying to catch a shiny diglet, and I did not have time to just sit in the living room staring at my TV. Okay. I never got my diglet. I gave up. All right. I mean, I'm just to There's, the first it, city, it, it, so it, I have not really gotten to the point where so, I'm super fed up with anything yet. Uh, in case you so you. You may not know that they changed the way that the shiny Pokemon mechanic worked, which in the past was just, yeah, like a 1 in 4,000 chance of randomly encountering one. The odds are still the same, but if you build up a chain with a specific type of Pokemon, you're progressively lowering those odds to the point where it's like 1 in 340. That you oh. It's still terrible. But what you do then is you use a lure. Uh, what the lure does is it will only make uh, rare Pokemon appear, and then you just stand perfectly still because the duration of that is determined by how many steps you take. So you catch 31 of a specific Pokemon that you want because that it will take your odds as low as they can go before you don't get any benefit anymore. Then you use a lure, which will further lower the odds a little bit, and then you just park it in one area and you wait to see one of them show up on the map. I sat in the Diglett Cave for three motherfucking hours and did not get my shiny diglet, I gave up because a doe trio ran onto the screen. I was like, fuck this, I want one of those. That's what I did with my night. <laughs> what, are shiny Pokemon like any different? Like, no! The whole shiny thing. It's just thing. a diglet with the blue nose. <laughs> That's all it is. Like, the whole shiny thing came around like after i had pretty much lost interest in the series so gold and silver like that's they came out in the second game they did i guess yeah. i just never encountered them the shiny garrett cares i was like that the shiny gyarados was the whole thing like that was how they were oh, telling you okay. they were in the game yeah and, like you right. always got got that one which is great because that one looks awesome it's just a red gyarados that's cool and but like some of so I've been in a few areas where it's like, oh, I could easily catch 31 of this Pokemon and just sort of wait here and do something else. But then most of the time, I'll like Google, okay, what does a shiny Rhydon look like? And then then a lot of like, oh, that looks like shit, so I'm not going to do that. Okay, yeah, I remember Red Gyarados. I think I just never realized like that was the same as shiny because it's not shiny. It's just, I, it's a, I don't know. That's I don't it. care. And it does a little spark. It's, it is 100% superfluous to everything else. It is pointless. They made it way easier in this game to go after that stuff. And even then, I spend three hours in the Diglett Cave with that music just pumping through my skull. And I am tired and I pray for death. All right. <sighs> but then I don't know, man. Like, that. <sighs> It's a good-looking game. Sure. 
and the battling is still the same and it's fun enough and there's enough like nostalgia there that's keeping me going i'm mostly positive on it but the way that they changed the catching stuff kind of sucks i like the rubbing on the pikachu yeah i like touching my pikachu yeah i wonder if the catching stuff like that was specifically because they finally realized how weird it is that you would be running around in a forest killing tons of pokemon to level yours up or like yeah, I'm not what, sure. what the rationale I, is behind it. I don't mind you getting experience for the act of catching a Pokemon. I actually I like the fact that your entire party gets some experience. I kind of don't like the way that they handled this though with the multipliers and everything, because it kind of felt like I was over leveling everybody way too quickly, and then what is already an easy game became like an absolute cakewalk. Yeah, like I mean, like I said, I'm at the first city, and I think most of my Pokemon are, like, level 15, 16. Yeah, but then, like, you have to engage with it, because if you try to just pull back from that and earn your experience through battles, you will not level up quick enough. Mm-hmm. So, that's the issue I've been having, is catch what I want to catch, don't catch anything more than that, and then when it starts to feel like you're encountering guys that are just too high level for you, then you need to, like pull aside and get a like a chain combo going for a few minutes and like power level everything. And like that's just not a fun way to do that. That's I don't know, it just feels kind of fucky to me. I don't know. I just like catching everything and then sending them all off to Oaks Horror Labs and getting candies. I'd I do like, though, uh, some of the stuff that they changed, like uh, the gym leaders you beat do show up again, like within a couple towns. Like uh, when I beat Lieutenant Surge, Misty showed up again. Oh. I was just like, oh, it's funny seeing you here. Like, I'm going to go take a dip in the ocean. And then when she left, like Pikachu got my attention and it, that adorable little prick wrapped up a present for me in like a leaf with some string. And inside was like an earring that Misty drew. And so I'm assuming at some point, like, that's going to be a thing of I give the earring back to her, maybe I get an item or something like that. And then uh, Brock showed up in the town that Erica is in. He's like, yeah, part of my duties is, like, I got to go visit all the other gym leaders. And I came over here because, yo, they're all babes in that gym, and they did not want me in there. That's so Brock. Here's this candy that I brought for all the pretty ladies. You can have it, I guess. I'm going to go home and cry. <laughs> Poor Brock. Poor Brock. Yeah, but it's they. There's some cool stuff with like members of the elite four showing up, and like they they do some neat things with that game, but none of it is mechanical. Great. Yeah. Anyway, Peppy Kira got exploded. <sighs> yeah. He's dead now, and we'll never never be in another episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Nope. I... Yeah, Josuke is, like, making up fake instructions on where Josuke actually is, but it's just making the bomb chase Pappy Kira around, and yeah. Josuke makes Kira kill his own dad. Mm-hmm. Some real <laughs> Game of really... Thrones stuff here. Yeah. Josuke and Kira are going to go take a walk in the Rose Garden. Yeah. Have a conversation, as stand users do. So, uh, 
trying to remember if this takes place in the next episode or this one, but I, I think, like, they continue the attack outside, and, like, Josuke is actually, like, savaging Kira at this point, but then a stray cat of his own volition popped out and, like, shoots, uh, or I think he, like, makes padding with the air bubble so the last few attacks from Josuke don't really connect. Yep. Yeah, after exploding, Pappy Kira is when he uh, makes another pass with the glass shard that goes through him. And then that's when Josuke and Hayato come outside. He's like, all right, I'm just going to go punch him a bunch now. And then, yeah, he, he does the air bubble thing. But I'm then... Do a door, a and then we'll be home in time for dinner. That's right. And he launches another bubble at Josuke, but... Suddenly, oh, no! Dokuyasu is here. That's his right. soul, I guess, like, just flew back up his butt and everything's okay now. <laughs> sure. Dokuyasu's like Jesus Christ. He comes back all the time. Yeah, that's right. Oolong made another wish on the Dragon Balls. Sure. I mean, if you're gonna make a wish on Dragon Balls, bringing Okuyasu back is a good one. Ah, no, it's a toss-up between that and panties, if you ask me. Yeah. Okuyasu like... does a pair of panties. I like how at this point Okuyasu has like transcended his previous self or something because he's just like, yeah, you know, uh, I always wondered what happened to things I scrape away with my hand. And I don't think about it too much because it gives me a headache. But he's I just like standing here <laughs> looking like a real weirdo. He's done that before, though, yeah. hasn't he? Like that exact bit of like, I wonder where things go. But I, I try when, not to think of I'm stupid. I think when you first meet him, maybe. Hmm. But yeah, he does that again, and then he swipes uh, the bomb out of existence. Yeah. And so Kira is like well and truly fucked at this point. Yeah. Because the hero of part four, the hand has shown up. <laughs> yeah. He does say that he had a dream where he went to light and saw his dead brother. Everyone's like, yeah, it's real great. Whatever. Yeah, that's a great story, Okuyasu. Yeah, your brother was kind of a dick. Nobody cares. <laughs> yep. We all know why you keep talking about him. Nobody else liked him. He had uh, a bunch of tiny men shoot me. Yeah. Manga anime differences. Oh, wait, that's not the end. That's the end. No, it's not. He, uh, Okuyasu grabs Stray Cat right out of Kira's stomach. Oh! Yeah. She yanks him out. Yeah. And then, uh, he turns around and look who else is here. It's our good pals, Jotaro and Koichi and Rohan. Who yeah. also just it... hear him say his name is Kira. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Kira doing his favorite routine of just shouting his name at the top of his lungs. Yep. <laughs> so How then... did he not get caught until now? Oh my god. I don't know. He's just standing in the middle of the street, and he's like, well, alright, these guys are on one side, these other guys are on other sides. Now there's a whole bunch of fire trucks here in the road, too. And he yeah, starts freaking out. Yeah, they... Finally, somebody heard all the fucking explosions going on and called the police, which is something nobody has done until this point. 
people have exploded well within the vicinity of other people and nobody's questioned it but now finally look finally someone more call the damn cops call the police get up get up get get down 911's a joke in mario town yeah i mean i i was incredibly happy though like finally somebody called someone because for a lot, like a lot of these episodes, I've just been sitting here going, like, man, things are like exploding and people are yelling, and like the cops never show up. Yeah, I mean, you could say that previously, like he was exploding air bubbles or people, and so there wouldn't be anything left behind. This time, like he just exploded a house. Yeah. So I, I suppose. But it's also a little bit more weird to me that attention is not called to everything going on specifically in this part because it's taking place in a small town versus like part three where it's just taking place in the desert or Mm -hmm. like part two where usually the stuff that is popping off is happening around other characters who are like completely in the know with what is going on. Yeah. But also that's what I like about this part. Sure. Morio is a really laid-back town. No one cares. Nobody is a snitch. Sure. <laughs> Manga anime differences for the penultimate episode. <clears throat> Changed Kira's cell phone to a sleeker, more expensive model for the time period. This Kira's got money. Yeah. Y- Yoshihiro's death is concealed by the explosion instead of being shown disintegrating. Uh, and changed the position of the hand to beside Okuyasu during his reveal instead of behind him. Hmm. Right. I don't know, that's a good shot of Okuyasu. Yeah. Yeah. Kira is kind of fucked at the start of this episode. I mean, yes. Uh, also for the rest of it. Yeah, he ain't got nowhere to go. He's kind of freaking out. He's having a very bad day. Yes. Like, look, in the past, when he's had a bad day, he's been able to turn things around. He's a real, like, make lemonade out of lemons kind of guy. I totally thought you were going to say he sings a sad song to turn it around or whatever that song is. If I remembered the lyrics, that is exactly what I would have done, but... okay. Wait, had a bad day, I, taking one down, sing a sad song just to turn it around. Why is singing a sad song? They um, turn paradise into a parking lot? Yeah, that's it. Hmm. Okay. What does God want with a starship? I don't know. It's, it's what happens when sad white people make music. Can you name what that you guy? Want, Larry, they gave a white boy a guitar. I don't know. Can you name that uh, guy? I'll give you a hundred dollars if you can name him. What? John Mayer. No. Wrong. Well, it's Daniel Powder, like, I think. Yeah, great. Daniel Powder. Un- unrelated to Susan Powder, who implored us all stop the insanity. Yeah. Well, we clearly didn't listen. <laughs> no. 2018 is proof enough of that. Yeah. So, Kira kind of losing his cool. Uh, the paramedics are here. Uh, 
Koichi and Rohan and Jotaro are here. So Kira does the only thing like Kira really knows how to do in this situation, which <laughs> is continually revealing that he is Kira. Yep. And be a total creep. Yes. Yeah, so one a a first responder comes up to him to check out his wounds. Uh, this this very pretty lady who's just trying to do the right thing, and then Kira, first of all, turns her into a bomb. No, that's not first of all. First of all, he rubs her hands and well, all sorts of stuff. My my impression was like at least during that or the moments leading up to that, he probably did the thing where he turned her into a bomb. She has been like bombified at this point because like everyone's going like, oh no, this is really 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 bad. Like she is going to get blown the hell up unless we do something. But like Jotaro is just far enough out of range. Star Platinum wouldn't really work. And here again, this is the part I was talking about specifically a long time ago when I said, clearly Jotaro has not seen surviving edged weapons, or Araki has not seen it rather, because you could close that distance in the two or three seconds that he can stop time. But that was an interesting segment where they're like, okay, bad guy, cop, right? One foot, okay. You die in one second. Bad guy, cop, 15 feet. Bad guy kills you. In two seconds, bad guy cop, 50 feet. Then you got time. You got kind of time. It's a 50-50. It's 50-50. A you, you got kind of time to maybe take out your gun. If you've already got your hand on the gun, you could probably do cop, it. Cop, bad guy, length of Lambeau Field. <laughs> you, 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 get, you get a shot off. And sure enough, he, he does in a bit, but not before, yeah, Kira is rubbing his gross bloodied face all over this woman's hands mm-hmm. and just going like oh your hands are so soft my name is kira i killed 48 women yep when mm-hmm. i was a little boy i saw a picture of mona lisa and i got a big old boy boner and then i went <laughs> home and i cut out a picture of mona lisa's hands and i got real weird about it yep Get an origin just, story for Kira's hand obsession. Yeah, just reminiscing while this, like, insert of Mona Lisa just kind of flies by his face. Uh-huh. And it started making me wonder, like, is that a meme or something? Like, have people replaced Mona Lisa's hands with, like, other things? Is that picture of that old white guy smiling? Like, what, who, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, the stock photo? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would be a good one. First time I saw that, this might be embarrassing, but I got an erection. <laughs> like, <laughs> just swap out Mona Lisa during that entire bit, and it would be really fucking good with pretty much whatever you put in there. Oh, I just thought of a really good one I'm going to make later. Uh, well, you better capitalize on it before it, like, really takes off, and then people start putting, like, Pepe and stuff in it, and oh. then it just, yeah. then it just gets... It's just a problem. <sighs> and grouper in there. Well, the first time I saw Melee, I got an erection. Um, look, I haven't put much thought into it. I just thought, like, hey, it'd be pretty easy to chop out that picture of Mona Lisa and put whatever you want in there, man. Yep, you're right. Get wild with it. So, <laughs> yeah, we get a fucking origin story. <laughs> 
Nobody asked for this, but this I'm episode... glad they're because it's great. Yeah, this episode directed by George Lucas. He was just like, yeah, people really need people need to know why he loves hands as much as he does. The Mona Lisa is the key to all of this. The Mona Lisa is the funniest character we've ever had. I was going to say, Drunken Boy is the funniest character we've ever had. <laughs> well, sure. I may have gone a little too far this time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you see, Bad Company, the stand users really cut through these guys like butter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, the, so Jotaro starts going like, okay, fuck this, I gotta close the distance, and he starts running up, and then Kira's just like, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna blow the bomb lady up, well, well, I'm really he, gonna do it, guys. Here's the weird thing. He says that yeah. he has put bites the dust in her, and like, it, it, Killer Queen appears in her eyes, and yet then Killer Queen is outside and he's just gonna trigger her like a normal bomb. Yeah, it makes no sense. No. Also, also not... That bite, bites the dust works because, like you said, triggered like a normal bomb. That's not the way that. Right, yeah. and and before that, um, Hayato says something like, uh, "No, it'll make everybody except her explode if you get too close." And yeah, I don't know. It kind of doesn't matter because, as we soon find out, maybe that was all just a hallucination anyway. Yeah. So he is. Uh... Just standing around uh, like everything is normal with his briefcase and all that, and he thinks he's about to head to work. Uh, he's like, yeah, Bites the Dust worked. Oh, I'm so great. And this My is... name is Kira? <laughs> and I don't care. And... Who knows it? <laughs> yeah, hands give me boner. <laughs> but I should mention, like, that explosion scene is great. My name is Kira and I'm rock hard! Woo! <laughs> he does Ric Flair woos. <laughs> Woo! Look, he's practically doing the Dio thing. Like, he's just whipped his back backwards. His hands yeah. are outstretched. Like, he's way into this. Yep. And then, uh... Yoshikage Kira, he's... styling and profiling. That's right. Uh, and then Kira decides to check his watch. Uh, pulls it out of his pocket, sees that the watch is still broken. He's like, oh, wait a second. Mm -hmm. Everything should be... I, this ain't right. And here's That's another pretty... point. He says that uh, Bites the Dust should turn back time one hour. That was also yep. never said before. It was just the beginning of that day. Yeah. So... Yeah, actually. Although, I mean, it kind of makes sense because Hayato does immediately travel back through time after everybody is blown up. Yeah. But then that would have... I guess it would be an hour from the point that it... I don't... Like, he, he says something... I've had a few weeks on Bites the Dust, and I still don't completely understand how it works. Like, I thought the whole thing was that he will keep Bites the Dust active in Hayato for as long as it takes, and he will continue redoing things until everyone's dead. And to me, that would mean... It wouldn't just go back an hour when it detonates. It would go back to the very beginning each time. I don't know. It, it doesn't make sense. But nonetheless, it's it's not bites the dust. He's not been sent back in time uh, because the watch is still broken. He's still wounded. And Remy, 
Remy, Remy, Rammy? Remy. Remy. Boy, I hope I don't keep doing this in part five. (laughs) The doctors need to get the tumor out of my brain first, though. Remy shows up, and she's just like, You're a ghost, son. Let me stick my hand through you. Check it out. Blap. Get dead. Yeah. So we kind of go back and see what actually went down. And right before he was able to activate Bites the Dust, uh, Jotaro pops off Star Platinum, stops time. No. First, Koichi uses Act 3. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Act 3 pins his hand down and stops him from using it. And then Jotaro stops time. Yeah. Of course. Oh, so like this. Echoes gets to pop out his classic phrase, S-H-I-T. Yeah, one more time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like I said, this is this is what I like, is everyone has something to do. You know, Josuke spent most of this time weakening him. Okuyasu comes in for the save. Koichi pins his hand down so he's not able to use Bites the Dust, and then Jotaro finishes everything off, which that's a little bit of a bummer because I thought like Josuke would be the one to get the final blow in, but he's not. Rohan doesn't do anything either, actually. Well, technically, yeah, Rohan doesn't do jack shit, go figure. Uh, Also, maybe a bit of a misnomer to say that Jotaro is the one to finish him off. Yeah. Um, Because a completely unrelated character is the one that does that. Like, actually, when I watched this the first time, I thought the reasoning was, oh, they don't want to make Josuke straight up kill Kira. They'll have Jotaro do that instead. But no, not quite. So, I do like how he starts, though, which is just punching his hand so hard that, like, all of his fingers snap backwards. Yep. Sometimes my <laughs> fingers bend back. Oh. And then, yeah, he aura-auras Kira. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kira kind of flies back on his ass. And then, um... Hayato, like, time unfreezes, and then Hayato's like, oh, you know, I, I don't know how to feel about this, really. Uh, you know, he's still a bad guy, and then... Oh, boy. So... By the way, I, I would like to mention this has some classic anime, like, talking during an action stuff, where Josuke, or Jotaro was not sure if he could get to him in the time while he had time frozen, but he freezes time and then just has a whole monologue about how reliable Koichi is. <laughs> just stands there. Yep. So, uh, Kira flies back. Uh, he's not dead yet, but he's pretty beat up. And then uh, the ambulance starts pulling backwards, not really checking to see if anyone's there, and it hits the back of Kira's head. And it's not just that Kira's head gets crushed by the ambulance. It's that it, like, twists around and snaps first and then gets rolled over. Also rips his face off. Yes. Like, there's this bit where someone gets out and is like, Oh, I fucked up! Yeah. Back the ambulance up over his head again. We need to see if he's okay. Yeah, that's my favorite part is they just roll it forward again. <laughs> so aggressive. It's like, oh my god, his face is gone. Uh huh. This man is very dead. And also, I really like this bit where Rohan's like, yeah, you know, this is the best thing we could have hoped for. Yeah, everyone's just kind of standing there in disbelief, going like, oh god. Yeah. That just happened. 
But yeah, Rohan uh, talks some sense. He's just like, well, what were we going to do? Like, we couldn't arrest that guy. There was no evidence, really, that he did anything because he blew people up. Yeah. Even if you arrested him, like, he could still do a lot of damage. Like, he would just recover and he could start using his stand again and we'd be right back into this dire situation where we got to deal with bites that does. Mm-hmm. And then, like, doing this, none of us had to commit a murder. So, hey, so, this is great. Yeah, let's all go home. Another job well done. Everyone started shaking hands. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so Josuke, uh, well, then after that, it, it cuts back to um, you can do the it. alleyway. And uh, Kira's, he starts bleeding all over his face starts like cracking up because he's starting to realize like oh i uh and then remy is remy is like oh you probably don't know who i am because like when you killed me you didn't have a stand so you know couldn't take my hand or anything yeah you couldn't explode me so i'm still here yeah and so Kira then realizes who she is but not only that he then pieces together like oh my dad told me that when spirits die, they go to this place where if they look behind themselves, they'll get dragged to hell or whatever. So I bet that is here, and you're trying to get me to look behind myself because, like, you're showing me your back or whatever. Show me, like, the, the knife mark I left. But, like, I'm not going to do it. So you and I, we're just going to pal around this alley for the rest of eternity. I'm going to get real weird about your hands, probably. I do really like this bit where, like, he grabs her and, like, moves his head in front of her and then transitions back to original flavor Kira. Yeah, yeah, he turns into David Bowie Kira again. Finally! Like, it's weird when you think back and are like, oh, we only saw him as Bowie Kira for, like, maybe five or six episodes. Yeah, even though that's, like, the thing that people kind of bring up a lot is that Kira looks like Bowie. Yeah. But uh, Remy had a plan the whole time, which is basically to hide her dog in a tree, mm-hmm. then sure. wait for Kira to figure it out, and then sick the dog on him, uh, which gets him to turn around, and then the hands come out. Well, it straight up bites his hand off. Hell yeah. Yeah, Arnold, the MVP. Yeah. Uh, swallows the hand, just pops out of his neck. Gross. <laughs> well, look. So Kira gets dragged into uh, into hell, basically uh-huh. by all. A little bit of irony. Hands are what got Kira off. Now hands are what is his undoing. Yeah. By the way, this uh, this is what the movie uh, "Drag Me to Hell" by Sam Raimi was about. Raimi, get it? Nice. He was named after the JoJo character. His oh, last boy. name was given so, to him. He, Kira gets like broken up into a bunch of pieces, and like all those get dragged away into into nothingness, basically. And uh, Kira's dead. He's gone. Hooray! No more Kira. Yep. Was saved. Kira's gone forever. That's right. Definitely not coming back. Nope. Which uh, makes me wonder how they're going to handle like. Uh, a villain in the next part because like this was still sort of tied back to Dio in a way because it was in Yaba who gave 
uh, Kira's dad the stand arrow. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I know enough to know that the arrows come back in the next part, so I wonder if it's just, like, Dio had a lot of arrows and was just handing them out? No. I think uh, a little bit farther back. Hmm. All right. I know Dio plays, like, some role in it because I do at least know that... Uh, Joro is uh, Dio's son. Yeah. I'm not sure what becomes of that. I just know that he's like, I got a picture of my daddy in my wallet. I love him a whole lot. I mean, Dio never comes back like he does not resurrect or anything. A picture that clearly was taken from Joseph. I don't know how I got a hold of this. (laughs) Fuck it. Yeah. Honestly, the weird... Look, we'll get to that in a week, but... Uh-huh. It's kind of weird that the photo he has is the one of, like, Dio showing his sick back tat. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Whatever. So, Again, uh, we kind of catch up. I watched that, so this... I, I know the photo you're talking about, but... Yeah. No, he, he, like, has that in his wallet. He's just like, yeah, I got a photo of my dad. I never really knew him. Uh, it's in my wallet. And it's just that picture of Dio. And then they play, like, a little bit of, like, you know, the, that that sort of theme that keeps sort of popping up in part four that originated from part three, like the battle theme. But they do it sort of, like, all creepy and it's... Sure. Anyway, but whatever. Just watch it next week. Watch a bunch of Italians. <laughs> yeah. Beat what, people's with shovels. Italianoing it up. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's a Jojo. Gabagoo! <laughs> it's not Gabagoo, <laughs> it's Gabagool and it's a food. It's not just something you yell. Gabagoo! <laughs> Italian Fred Flintstone Gabba Gabba Goo <laughs> Gabba Gabba Goo Yo Gabba Gabba Goo <laughs> Anyway <laughs> Raimi goes Sorry, back to heaven It's gonna be terrible What? <laughs> it's gonna be terrible I already know I'm not gonna be able to behave myself with that <laughs> Oh no Also I have no, a feeling I... you'll be even worse at pronouncing Italian <laughs> names <laughs> Yeah, probably. Oh, man. It's going to be even worse, because we do one episode a week at some point, so it's just going to be that for, like, 40 weeks. Like 30, but sure. Oh, boy. That's still way too much. So, we catch back up with everybody. Remy is saying goodbye to everyone, and, and these assholes are like, eh, we know it's selfish, but would you mind being displaced between worlds for a while longer she's like no. you like maybe not move on no I, I have to go now my home planet needs me yeah and she gets Rohan to actually admit that you know he is going to miss her and stuff which is kind of touching also weird to see Rohan actually behave like a human being yeah but uh, so she she flies away uh, and then we start getting this montage of like, oh, where are the characters now? What are they up to? Well, no, before that, uh, 
Joseph and Jotaro are leaving And Josuke oh, yeah, runs up right. And he's like hey old man And Joseph's like yeah what and he's like you got that picture Of my mom I gave you and He's like yeah I got it here in my wallet And Josuke's like great And he has an edge of the picture with him And he uses that with Crazy Diamond To steal Joseph's wallet and he's like hey your, grand- your son needs an allowance Right And then Joseph's yep. like ah, ha, ha, ha. These kids Yeah just like I love my boy. <laughs> That's the last we see of uh, Joseph Joestar. Yep. I assume I don't know if like he shows back up and like I don't think he probably shows up again like as a character. But I just sort of wonder if there's like some lip paid to him. Probably, but no, I don't think he ever like, actually appears again. Yeah, like I'd, I'd almost wonder if it's just like, oh, maybe there's a photo of him or maybe there's a quick bit of him mentioning something in a flashback. But yeah, like, probably. I'm pretty sure that a character will mention Joseph Joestar. I am actually looking here at manga appearances. And yeah, there are only a couple of chapters after this one. And they're just like mentioned only. And photo only so yep this yeah, is well you know his voice actor is dead so he's definitely not appearing in the anime anymore well yeah just a very bleak way of looking at it but that's the reality of it mm-hmm. um, yeah uh, we we get that and then we start doing these uh different flashback scenes and i'm trying to kind of remember how they all come to a close i know that they mentioned that like Joseph has officially adopted uh, Shizuka. Shizuka? Oh, uh, Octung Baby? Yeah. yeah. Yes. I don't know and, those uh, are actually named. And Jotaro got his doctorate after, like, writing a thesis <laughs> on a starfish that he saw on the beach. Yes. Which... Like, that's maybe the funniest thing in this series yet yeah. to me. I love that he just saw a starfish on a beach and wrote a thesis about it and got a doctorate. Ah, oh, Jotaro. Uh, Koichi weird, and uh, Yukako are a happy couple now. Mm-hmm. Still think he's brainwashed. Still think what Yukako did to him was fucked up. A little bit, but also I think Yukako just kind of mellowed out in general. I don't think that any of that is okay. Yeah. I don't think that's okay. That's like an ongoing date rape happening. <laughs> I... Uh, I don't know. God. Mean, but look, Tonio, we get to see again, which is awesome. Yes. It's like restaurant is doing great. Uh, and like Highway Star is there with all of his, his, uh, his, his Boncho babes. Yep. And Okuyasu is there and he's just like, all right, I'm going to try fixing up my pappy with this, this dinner because like that actually seems like it might work. It doesn't actually work. Mm-hmm. Kind of sad that it doesn't. I was sort of hoping that he would like be a normal dude again, uh, but not a totally sad situation because Stray Cat is also there and seems extremely cool with Okuyasu. I actually think it's great that uh, uh, Okuyasu's dad stays in his weird kappa form and yet is also like super sparkly and shiny after eating Tonio's food. Yeah. Like, the actual, like, sight gag of it is still really good. More on, like, 
I guess an emotional character level, I would have liked it more if he became his dad again. Well, I mean, he's still his dad, but you know what I mean. And also at this point, uh, you it, can it see like kind of... Okuyasu like kind of accepting what his dad yeah. is now. So that's actually what I really like about that shot when you then see Stray Cat, is that Okuyasu is just in general accepting of this very strange life that he has. Like mm-hmm. his his pet is a plant cat that previously tried to murder people. Well, yeah. And his dad is a gross kappa, and he's eating in an Italian restaurant that is adjacent to the graveyard where his brother is buried. Yep. And Okuyasa is extremely cool with all of this. I would be having 24-7 panic attacks (laughs) if this was my life. Yeah, also in these scenes you get uh, Hazumada and Tamami like arguing about how um I guess Tamami like spilled a can of soda onto his manga or something. Uh yeah, Rohan is like drawing new uh, stuff from Pink Dark Boy. Uh, you have uh Mizuki and um I can't remember the guy's name. That oh, was Superfly. Uh, yeah, Superfly. They're kind of just chilling out with each other now. Like Superfly still doesn't want to return back to the city, and he thinks it's weird that like Mizuka is just sort of like staring out at it all not the time. Mizuka. It's not his name. Whatever. Alien guy with the long hair. Yeah. Legolas. M- Mizutaka? Right? I don't know. He appeared in <laughs> two episodes. I can't remember. Uh, I think we also get a shot of the Angelo Rock again. Yeah, that that was um, Yukako and Koichi were in front of it. Okay, yeah, they they met up in front of that. Uh, we don't get to see the uh, Mysterio the Mysterioso book though. No. Uh, Which we, we do get a random shot of Josuke's mom complaining that Josuke like drank her juice or whatever. My juice. My She's, juice. She shot. Yeah, and then, like, the, the final shot is uh, Josuke, Okuyasu, and Koichi just sort of, like, hanging out. Yeah, and saying that Rohan got caught shoplifting from Kameyu. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, well, I guess we'll go bail him out of this one. Yeah. That's a nice uh, final shot of this, though. It, like, the actual final shot is Josuke does a pose. Yeah. Strikes a pose. Evokes. Very good chance Arlen. I have uh, bought a statue of Josuke in this pose, and I'm waiting for it to arrive. Boy, that's... How much did you pay for that? Like 25 bucks. That's... Alright. That's a pretty good price for that statue. What? I wanted to get one of the figures of Josuke, but it is super expensive. Yeah, the thing is, like, just get the Banpresto statues, because they are pretty cheap and big and pretty good. Like, you know, they're not posable, that's the downside, but look, how often are you going to be doing different poses anyway? Every damn day of my life. It's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, always be posing. Look, I, I got that Josuke one, I got one of Goemon from Lupin the Third. I got a oh. uh, one of Kira, like, doing this weird, like, jazz hands pose. Uh, original Bowie Kira, that is. Hmm. So. Yeah, no, I've never been much for uh, buying statues specifically. I've always been more about figures because I do too. like routinely repose them and kind of move them around and stuff. So I don't. 
that's what made me realize I should maybe just pay 25 bucks for these uh, instead of 50 for those figures. Oh, also I did pre-order uh, the figure of uh, or statue of Guido Mista. So that part four. That part four. Jo you are correct. Yeah, the best part of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh huh. Now that I have seen it all, I have seen everything. I feel very confident in saying that that is my favorite part. Yeah, now you're talking. Joseph, Joseph is still my favorite JoJo, but sure. that is my favorite. Yeah. Okay. Sure, he doesn't really uh, do a whole lot like similar to Jotaro in Part 3. Like, they almost feel... It almost feels like other characters are maybe more the main character. Like, Part 4 felt more like Koichi's part in play in the same way that Part 3 felt like Pulp's story. A little bit. Uh, yeah. it, it kind of stops doing that about halfway through but Sure, but Koichi I think overall Gets way more character development than Josuke does Yeah Okuyasu gets more character development than Josuke does Well, yeah I still like Josuke There's a lot, a lot of Yeah, no, I like him a lot too I'm not saying he's a bad character Just that, you know Compared to someone like Joseph Who we have gotten so much of over the course of the series and who has been consistently great mm -hmm. it's hands down joseph is my my favorite jojo yes joseph there's a lot of anime manga weirdo uh, yeah a delightful freaking nature my favorite moment in this entire series so far actually i think is still when joseph shows up in mexico dressed as a woman <laughs> Sure. Just genuinely heard that his outfit had no effect. Let's go for manga anime differences here. Um, a lot of them. Yeah, there. Oh, most of these are just the end scene because that wasn't originally in it. Like all, yeah. all of the characters showing up. Uh, added a range indicator for Star Platinum: The World's Time Stop. Added a flashback to Kira's youth while he's explaining the origins of his hand fetish. So, good to know that wasn't originally in there. Wait, Kira... so is the whole origin in the anime, or does he explain it in the manga, but doesn't like actually show like I... kid? I would guess he explained it. It just didn't actually show it. Mm. Kira traveling back in time via bites the dust is much more intricate, with extended visuals and effects. Kira's head being twisted around by the ambulance's tire is shown rather than obscured. The actual crushing of the head is still not shown. Kira's face is shown transforming back into his original appearance as he attacks Raimi. The hellish I... dimension Kira is dragged into is shown. What? Button for a second. Adding his head twisting around is a really good decision because that is like a genuinely arresting moment. Oh yeah. Like for as much as they have blacked stuff out in this part, like you've not got to see the gore in this part of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, like seeing that dude's head twist around is alarming. Yeah. I mean, this part in general, as I had said when we started it, it's not nearly as gory as the previous parts anyway. And so when you do get something like that, it makes it even like freakier. Yeah, it's Impactful. It's a really good moment. Uh, and Raimi's final farewell scene is extended. 
<sighs> oh, apparently, um, oh. here in the trivia, the outfit Rohan is wearing in the epilogue, along with his finger exercises, are a teaser for the OVAs. The spoke yeah, Rohan I was. Fishbe. I was about to say, at some point, we have to move on to the OVAs for this. At some Which... point, they'll probably be when we get into the one episode a week. Because there are only two yeah. of them out, is the thing. And they're only 20 minutes. Mm. Japan yeah, really I, I saw one customers. scene from... Uh, which I was not aware at the time was actually from that. So, like, I, I saw a clip pop up in my YouTube feed, and it, it looked like Araki's art style, but pretty different from what we've seen in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and I watched it, and it seemed to have nothing to do with JoJo's, and I found out after the fact that's a clip from Thus Spoke Rohan Kishu. Yeah. So, I... Those things look weird. Yes, absolutely. The The one bit that I saw was really pretty freaky, and so I'm interested in seeing that. I have since seen some of the characters from Part 4 like represented in that style, and I'm not okay with all of it. I mean, they look closer to the actual manga drawings. So, uh, yeah. All right. Look, manga Koichi, I've seen a few times now, and like especially <laughs> in the Part Eight style, that boy ain't right. Part Eight. That, yeah, there's a there's a piece of promo art. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, like uh, like yeah, on the covers like, of the Jojonium volumes, how he does exactly. those. And so he did one of Josuke and uh, Koichi, and Koichi looks horrifying in it. Josuke looks mostly fine, but Koichi is a disaster. Yeah, I can see how Josuke would work, because he's already a pretty boy. But Yeah. Alright, next time... That. that That's it for part four. Next time we'll watch episodes one through four of part five. Gold experience through joining the gang. Hmm. Wonder what gang it is. Yeah, I don't know. That's a very nice, wholesome gang. Yeah, like the uh, butterscotch gang. Sure, the apple dumpling gang. Butterscotch gang is an actual thing. That is a movie that I watched back in the. We're yeah. probably gonna have to talk about that in the next episode. I need to tell you about the butterscotch gang. The apple dumpling gang is also a real movie with Don Knotts. Hmm. I might be messing up the name of the movie, but. <laughs> Did you think the Butterscotch Gang starred Don Knotts? No, it because... would have been an objectively better movie if it did. Oh, okay. Way better. Look, we we got it from like I'm not going to get too into it. I'll I'll talk about it some other time. But uh, I specifically remember this because when I was in daycare as a kid, they had like this uh, brochure or something where you could order uh, kids movies. And I remember this because they ordered those off of it one day. I watched them do this. And they also ordered, like, the Land Before Time movies off. Yeah, all 12 of them? I don't remember how many came out, like, when I was that young. They were probably already up to, like, I don't know, 50. At this point, there are more Land Before Time movies than there are Final Fantasy games. Oh, God. I... Yeah, I watched, I think, maybe the first two Land Before Times and only found out, like, later on in my life that there's a lot of those. Yep. Just a hot mess of Land Before Time. First one's all well, right. Yeah. As I remember. 
Yeah, I got no idea what it's really about. I could not tell you any specific moments of that movie. I just remembered I liked it a lot as a kid. But, uh, but tree, yeah, there, there star, was this other weird, right? it was a live action thing, and I actually kind of need to go back and read up about it and make sure that I'm remembering it right, because I suspect that I don't. But it came in two different parts, and I remember that like the first part was the story basically about these kids. They grew up together, they had a gang, one of the kids left, and then he came back and he was a bad boy. Okay. Everyone's Oh, he changed, and now he's bad. He's not part of the Butterscotch gang anymore. He's part of a real gang. <laughs> All right. I don't know, something like that. And then, like, the second movie is just about, like, fuck it, I don't know, there's gold hidden in the mountains, and we got this map, and we're going to go find it. So, like, the sure. first movie's totally grounded, and it's supposed to be, like, this cautionary tale, and the second one, I think, was even different actors playing the same characters, and it was just, like... We're going on a treasure hunt. Did, like, the first movie come out before Goonies and the second one came out after? And they were like... That, that is why I need to go back and actually, like, look up the specifics and make sure I'm remembering everything right. Because it might be possible that the second movie is just a totally different thing that, for whatever reason, in my old age, I'm associating with this unrelated movie but are, are you sure you're not thinking of city slickers 2 the legend of curly's gold <laughs> i'm 90 percent positive that i'm not mm. but there's right. that 10 percent margin of error that i'm giving for myself so next week i might have to come back and issue a correction <laughs> you can't quite remember if daniel stern was in it or not i mean we know you have issues with billy crystal <laughs> uh no, like, I think Billy Crystal was in it. Are you sure it was him and not Dennis Miller? <sighs> yeah, All but right. we need to cut. I need to go look this up. We need to cut this episode. Next time, episodes one through four, part five. Here we go. I don't even know who I am anymore, really, so. Yeah. I know. I'm Larry Davis? No, you're not. Oh, thank God.